Thanks for joining us for this episode of Overcoming Monday, where Shari King continues to teach through the book of Luke. This is the podcast where you get little secrets for your big breakthrough. But before Shari continues to teach through the book of Luke, I did want to share with you something incredible that just happened this past weekend. We hosted over 1,700 students and leaders from all across the Southeast in Gatlinburg, Tennessee at our 26th annual Crossroads Winter Conference. If you're interested in watching any of those sermons, all you have to do is go to Clayton King Ministries page on Facebook and all of those messages are available there. We'd love to have you participate by watching those messages. Now, get ready to hear from Shari. She continues to teach through the book of Luke. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 105 of the Overcoming Monday podcast. This week, I'm going to title the podcast, Welcome to the Family of God. And I'm going to talk about what I think Luke means by being welcomed into the family of God. What does it mean to be part of the family of God? And specifically, what does it mean to be a witness in the family of God? Because I think that when we join this family... Uh, when we put our faith in Christ, we then become witnesses to what he did and what God is doing in the world. And that is what Luke is writing his gospel about. He is writing this story of um, connecting who Christ is to what God has already been doing in the Old Testament and then telling the story of Jesus and what happened in his life Uh, when he was born as a person, as a human being, when God came to earth as a human. And then he lived out his life. His words and his actions all uh, provided evidence that he was God as a man on earth, that he lived and showed us who God was um, and who God would be if he were a living human. He gave his life for us. He died he, he ascended, uh, resurrected, and then he ascended into heaven. And he is now also, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Jesus is still ruling as a resurrect, in a resurrected body um, in this location of heaven, wherever that might be, whether it's like an alternate reality that we can't see or whatever um, that place called heaven would be. Um, Jesus is there. And Luke is telling this story in the gospel of his life on earth and then continues the story and acts of him reigning uh, through his people from heaven, but through the Holy Spirit and through us here on earth. So um, that's basically the idea of this Luke acts, um, these books that this author named Luke uh, wrote for us. So what I want to talk about and continue to talk about really is going back to the prologue. And what I noticed this week, I wanted to move on uh, to future verses, but I just couldn't do it because I felt like I learned something this week that I felt like would bring the pro bring meaning of the prologue into your life and into mine, asking us some questions, uh, from the prologue that I think could change our lives, really our perspective on this life that we're living right now. So here are some questions that I think that we can look at when we read the prologue. What is Luke writing? So in verse 1-1, we realize what he is writing. He says, since many have endeavored, 
um, endeavor, that word um, many have tried, many have attempted, many have, um, let me get to the actual verse here in the ESV because I've got this written down in my own word. Many have undertaken to compile a narrative. What he's saying is that this is a long and drawn out process. This is not an easy thing to do. Many people have endeavored to compile a narrative of the things that have been fulfilled among us. So what I want us to see this time is that Luke is including himself, he says, among us. Um, and so Luke feel like Luke is saying, I belong to this uh, family of people um, who have joined into faith with Christ seeing what God is doing. So what is God doing? He has now, he is now fulfilling his promises, right? By sending Jesus as the Messiah, um, the son of God, the one who's fulfilling all of God's promises. Luke has now joined into that family. He considers himself part of this movement, part of these things that are being fulfilled. Now, Luke wasn't a disciple, um, but he has joined this body of believers and he is learning from those who have been with Jesus. He is learning who Jesus is. He has studied um, very intensely all of these things. So he says, since many have endeavored to um, compile a narrative of the things which have been fulfilled among us. So he is writing, he's writing a narrative of these things that have been fulfilled. That is one verse, uh, chapter one, verse one. Chapter one, verse two, the question is, where did Luke receive his inspiration? So let's look at this. He says, just as those who from the beginning, having been eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, um, those who had firsthand knowledge of these events, they passed that knowledge down to him. They were passing this knowledge of who Christ was, his teaching, his life, his words, his miracles, all of these things. These were being passed down to people. And Luke is one of those people who it's being passed down to. They handed down this knowledge to him, to us, to these people, to the body of Christ. And Luke includes himself in that. They have been handed down. And so because these things have been handed down, right? So he, there, there's two conditional phrases here. He is writing because many have already endeavored to communicate this, the things that have been fulfilled. He's also saying those who from the beginning, people who were witnesses and ministers have handed this knowledge down to him. And so he is inspired by what they're handing down. He's inspired because they have people, other people have endeavored to communicate this. So these are two reasons he's deciding that he's going to write this narrative. So he says, I also thought, I considered, what does it say specifically, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word had delivered them to us, right? He's including himself again. He says, because of these two things, it seemed good to him also, having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So let's talk about this. He says, um, he had followed all things carefully. He had followed things, all things diligently. So I want to talk about that because that, this is the phrase that I studied very closely this week. So I've been reading a lot of, um, 
some of the great translations and the lexicons and what does it mean to follow closely? What does it mean to investigate carefully? What does this phrase mean? And ironically, a lot of scholars have put a lot of time into trying to figure out what is it that Timothy, uh, what is it that Timothy, what is it that Luke is trying to say here? And what he's trying to say, this, this idea of having followed closely, um, from the beginning, from uh, for some time past. What this means is that Luke is not new to this information. What this means is that Luke has digested this, that he's been involved in knowing these things well, knowing the faith, knowing what has happened, um, the teachings of Jesus, and even the teachings of Paul, um, because we see that he also wrote Acts. Luke is invested. He has been a believer for a while. He's not new to this thing um, called the faith in Christ. You know, he he has been investigating and following this for a while. So um, one commentator, I believe it was Joel Green, actually attributed, no, 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 um, Mossner, uh, was talking about what does this mean to follow closely? And there's this entire article where he expounds on this, uh, the origination of this word. But a couple of the example, one of the examples that he uses is that um, Paul sends Timothy to the churches at Ephesus. And he basically says to Timothy, you have followed me. I have taught you well. And so now I deem you worthy of being a pastor of these people in Ephesus. You are qualified. You are um you are legitimately capable of helping the church in Ephesus because you have followed me closely, because I have taught you well, because you have been trained by me. Now you can go and do this thing. You can be a witness, not only, uh, for Christ there, but you can teach the things that I know because I have passed them on to you. This is the same thing that Luke is saying. He's saying that I have like, followed these things closely. I've studied them to the point of like, to where I've reached the truth behind these matters. It's almost to the point of perfection. I have reached that point of understanding to where I now feel as if I'm qualified to write this letter to you. And he explains that he's writing this specifically to Theophilus, but he's writing it more for like anybody who needs assurance of their faith. So Luke is saying he's qualified. Here's another um, qualifier for you to know. Um, this this uh, word of diligence, uh, closely or diligently or, or orderly. Let me give you two uh, things to expound on this thought. So in Acts, uh, when, let me look at this actual reference. Oh, I did not write it down and I don't have it with me. But um, when Aquila and Priscilla then pursue Apollos and they go to him because they do not believe that his teaching is, is grounded yet in the full gospel. They don't, he doesn't have knowledge of Christ. So they pull him aside and they're teaching him everything to completion so that then he can be an adequate and diligent uh, teacher of the word so that he has full knowledge, so that his knowledge is complete enough to where he can go back. He was already an excellent teacher, but they had to give him a little bit more grounding in the, um, the teachings of Christ. Well, the same word that is used there for then um, they sent Apollos out 
and now he was a careful teacher. He was an adequate teacher of the word of God. It's that same idea that Luke is applying to himself here. He's saying that I have completely uh, searched things out and have an adequate understanding now to where I can teach you these things. Um, if you know anything about the historian Josephus, um, he was a Jewish man, but he was not uh, trained in like religious studies or in the synagogue. He was more of a historian, but he was so immersed. He had been so immersed in Jewish, um, a Jewish understanding and the ancient Jewish traditions that he was considered um, diligent enough and knowledgeable enough then to be an expert, to be able to provide a Jewish history of the people because he understood their traditions. He was immersed in them. And so these are, these are two different examples of the same wording um, that is used in uh, different historical accounts of Josephus and then also of the apostle uh, Apollos when Aquila and Priscilla pursue him, that same wording is now being, Luke is using for himself. He's saying, I've searched things out. I have not only had the instruction of um, learning what it was that Jesus taught, I've also learned what Paul has taught, but also I have the qualifications of a literary a scholar, like even Greco-Roman, I, I believe, training in writing and skills and investigative knowledge. He is combining all of these things so that he can provide an account that is trustworthy to Theophilus. So that's his main purpose, that he wants to write an orderly account um, that Theophilus will have certainty. So I don't know if you um, can put yourself back in uh, your English classes, right? But there's this thing called um, an emphatic, uh, an emphatic position or emphatic uh, use of a word. Well, this word certainty is in an is in the emphatic position. So what what Luke is emphasizing in this whole entire four verses is that he wants Theophilus to have certainty of what he has been taught. And so that is why he's writing. He's using this word certainty. So Luke, I mean, just imagine this. I do a lot of studying to be able to write these podcasts. I do a lot of studying before I have a message that I um, present to people or that I preach or that I teach whatever terminology you want to use um, because I feel the weight of being someone who is teaching the word of God. And I don't want to teach something that's false. I certainly, I'm a representative of God, not just my own voice. I want to say the things that he wants me to say. Um, and I want to hide behind his words. I want, I, want, I want to hide behind the things that he would want me to say, not just present my own, because my words can only go so far. My words only have authority you know, for me, but God's words have authority that um, can speak to the heart and souls of people. And so Luke feels the weight, I believe, if he is providing certainty and if he is actually claiming that he has reached um, this, uh, has done all this research to reach the final truth, like he's claiming something great here. And I think the weight of that would uh, be on the shoulders of a godly man, but he would also be trusting the spirit to guide him into these truths. And so um, 
I want to talk about what that feels like. So one thing that's very interesting is the idea of witness. So what I believe is when we welcome to the family of God, right? That's the title of this episode, right? Isn't that what I said? Welcome to the family of God. Yeah. Welcome to the family of God. So when we enter the family of God, we automatically become a witness of what he is doing. Luke is a witness of what he is doing. What he is saying is that in his narrative, the, um, the resources that he is using to write his narrative are either traditions that have been handed down to him, like oral teachings of Jesus that other people heard and that they witnessed, um, that they, that Jesus expounded on, that they learned from Jesus himself. He's also using Old Testament scriptures, which were handed down by the forefathers of our, um, of the believers of the New Testament, you know, because guess what? They were Jewish. So they studied Old Testament scriptures and all the things happening are fulfillments of what the Old Testament prophets and witnesses and ministers said. So what Luke is doing, is very interesting. He's equating the testimony of the Old Testament prophets and witnesses and, and uh, uh, ministers with the New Testament people he is learning from who witnessed Jesus's actual teaching. And those then who have heard and, and um, heard from the New Testament uh, disciples and apostles who followed Jesus, those who have believed according to them are also becoming witnesses of what God is doing now. Luke is becoming a witness. He feels the, the, uh, the weight of the Holy Spirit leading him now to present to us, <laughs> to Theophilus and to others, what it is that God is saying to in their time. And then what's interesting is if you look in Acts, well, Joel Green says this, let me read this real quick. Luke parallels the eyewitnesses and ministers whom he uses for his narrative with the witnesses and ministers of the Old Testament. Their, ter their testimonies carry equal weight. And then I think what happens is when Luke writes the book of Acts, he then ushers in all believers into this category of witnesses, which means that you and I are also part of this. So let's look in Acts. Acts in 1 Acts, Acts 1 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will become my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in that moment, Jesus is then telling his followers, you will go and be my witnesses. But what happens when people witness about Christ? Uh, like when we witness, when we tell about who Jesus is and others believe, then we become witnesses, but we're leading other people to Christ who then also become witnesses. So it's interesting that we see um, in Acts 4, 19 through 20, Peter and John heal a lame man, and then they go before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin, the religious uh, Jewish religious council, finds them guilty of doing things that they claim to be heretical, of healing in Jesus' name. They are saying, this is heretical. You need to stop. This is not of God. And, and so they're trying to stop Peter and John. And this is Peter and John's response. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. And then they say this, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. We cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
So this is what I wanted to say to you guys. I'm going to read this because I feel like I took time to write it and I really want you to hear this. I believe Luke is connecting the Old Testament witnesses to New Testament witnesses of Jesus and the gospel and then to the believers influenced by the Holy Spirit and the book of Acts. I also believe modern believers are connected to this family of witnesses through the stories we are narrating in our own lives. We may not be writing a book in the Bible, but we are called to proclaim the gospel with our lives, our words, and our actions, our, our gospel story. That's what I really believe. I believe that that's what's happening right here. And that's why I want to call this this podcast, Welcome to the Family of God. But really, Welcome to the Family of God means Welcome to the Family of Witnesses. And I want to ask our ask us today if we consider our lives, the way we're living our lives, the words that we are speaking, the actions that we are taking, do we consider what we are doing as important and with as heavy of a like a responsibility as Luke did when he wrote his gospel, right? Because he took great care. So what I want to ask is, What story are we writing with our lives? Where are we receiving our information and our inspiration? Because we see where Luke received his. He received his inspiration and his information from the word of God, from people who had walked with Jesus, from people who were witnesses of Jesus. That's why he was writing his story. Where are you receiving your information and your inspiration for the story that you're writing with your life. Here's the next question. Why are we writing our story? Because Luke is writing his story because he sees that others have written and he also feels inspired to provide his own perspective and to investigate it carefully and thoughtfully. But finally, he's writing it. That's how he's writing it, sorry. And why he's writing it is to provide Timothy. I mean, why do I keep saying Timothy? Because I went to Timothy in this one. But to provide Theophilus with the certainty that he needs to know that the things he has been taught are true and trustworthy. So here's what I wonder. Here's what I want to ask us today. Are we living our lives in a way that is speaking certainty to others who need to know who Jesus is? Are we providing them with assurance of the faith that we have? And here's the question. If you are doing that, then I would say that you have the role of a Luke in this world right now. But if you don't feel confident to do that, that's okay. I feel like you have the role of more of a Theophilus. Maybe you need that assurance. Maybe you're seeking. We don't know a lot about Theophilus. Perhaps Theophilus was sound in his face, but faith, but perhaps he needed this assurance. Perhaps the reason that Luke is writing is because Theophilus is waffling in his faith, or maybe he's just not quite there and he needs certainty. So possibly you're the person that needs certainty. And so here's what I would ask. Are you willing to listen to someone who is a Luke? Are you willing to invest in this um, 
in searching out these things and reading um, the word of God in order to discover who God is? Are you searching and seeking assurance or are you running from it? Because it's not really wrong to be either person. It's just good to know what person you are. Like, are you someone who has that assurance and needs to give it to others? Or are you someone who needs the assurance and needs to gain it? I think we need to ask ourselves these questions so that we know where we are. What story are we writing? Because it's okay to be in either place. It's okay to say to someone, I'm still seeking out this story. I'm still looking for assurance. Um, I'm still asking God for certainty for my faith. Each position, each one of these positions is valid, but I think we need to, um, to really self-investigate what it is that we're looking for. Look inside. So I want to close with this verse because I feel like it's um, beautiful. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Um, so give me a minute to turn to it because I don't have it uh, saved right now. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And I think that this verse unites all believers um, in a very beautiful way. It's in the passage talking about uh, the Bible, I mean the body of Christ and how we're all part of the body of Christ. And we all have different positions and places in the body of Christ. But I like this verse because it says, for just as the body is one, it has many members. So you have Luke's and you have Theophilus's, you have Paul's, you have Peter's, you have John's. And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. So what he's saying is all of the members um, that the body of Christ has many members, but they're all part of Christ. So whether you are like Luke and you're giving assurance to someone, or whether you're more like Theophilus and you're seeking that certainty and you need someone to help you, both of these positions, both of these people are part of the body of Christ. We all are there for one another. We're all there to help each other grow. And here's why Paul explains, for in one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So welcome to the family. <laughs> when we drink of the spirit, when we're baptized into the body of Christ, we all become part of this one body. We are all one community, but that community is responsible, I believe, for making sure that our lives are living, are sending um, out the correct story of what the gospel is, who Jesus is, and what good news he has brought to each one of us. We should all be speaking that in some way because we're part of him. We can't be part of Christ and then like take ourselves off of him, right? If I were, say, the hand of the body of Christ or a finger, and I, I can't be removed, I just need to figure out who I am in the body of Christ and what I either need to do to be a witness for him, um, how I need to be a witness for him. Maybe I'm someone who says I'm searching, or maybe I'm someone who is trying to help someone who is searching. Do you see what I'm saying? So I want to end this podcast by saying welcome to the family. 
whatever part of the body you are, whatever stage of this journey you're in, you are valuable. And, uh, and I think that Luke would say to you, look, there is so much we can learn from his book and we're going to keep learning together. And I hope that this um, podcast has been useful for you. So thank you for listening to this Overcoming Monday podcast. I hope it has been something that has been useful for you. Um, I want to end this by telling you that I am creating a um, paper, like a, um, or not paper, but an ebook for you to be able to study the things that I am teaching in Luke. I'm working on that and I will have it available on my website. So stay tuned um, to my Instagram account. You can follow me at shariking99 or at Overcoming Monday on Instagram. Sometimes I post on Facebook, not so much, and sometimes on Twitter, not so much. Um, but I am trying to get better at that. But anyway, so that is how you can find me on social media. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Overcoming Monday, where I try to provide you with little secrets for your big, big breakthrough in learning the Bible. So um, thank you so much for joining. I hope to hear from you, and I, I hope this blessed you. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Overcoming Monday as Shari continues to teach through the book of Luke. Hey, could I ask you to do us a favor? If you have enjoyed or benefited at all from Shari's teaching, would you just hit that little share icon on this podcast and you can share it with all your friends on any social media platform where you happen to be. If you share it on Instagram, we'd love for you to follow us at Overcoming Monday. Or if you want to follow Shari, at SharikING99. You can keep up with what's going on in her life, her marriage to me, and her life as a mom of our two amazing boys. Thanks again for being a part of this podcast where you learn little secrets for your big breakthrough. We'll see you next time on Overcoming Monday.